Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm a feminist, but the other day I looked across the room and there was, you know when there's a mirror that's a little bit far away and you can suddenly see things about yourself you didn't know? And it might be that the mirror's distorted, Kima. It might not be an accurate representation when the mirror's at a strange angle far away. But I was talking to people and I saw this mirror across the room and I went, what's happened to my neck? And then I said, oh my God, I've got to do something about my neck because I'm not changing my age, so I'm going to have to change my neck. (laughs) Somebody give me a new neck around here. I have, and want you to know, you can all relax, I've done nothing about my neck. But (laughs) if anyone knows of anything that can be done that's non-invasive to a neck to just give it a bit of a is there something wrong about can you see look I'm under the lights here can you see what I mean it's fine it's fine is it fine it's perfect I'm a feminist but this is my favourite part of the show where you just shout out it's beautiful people are shouting this is like a dream where people are shouting out you've got a beautiful neck we love your neck listen I feel it's got it's just a little it's not as as it used to be. And I just wondered if there's any non-invasive treatments that could be done. Maybe you just roll something down it and then it just... Like a wallpaper pa- roller. If anyone knows anything, just email me at guiltyfeminist at gmail.com and say, yes, I also had insecurities about my neck and now they are fixed with oh. this... This non-invasive treatment that costs six ninety-nine. Do you know it's so dangerous? What? It's so dangerous. Like so, these like infomercials. I think are so dangerous when we're ha- like pondering things like this. I remember one time, um, my nana was like watching all these infomercials all day, and she just kept talking to me about crepey skin. 
Oh, and she yeah. was like, my skin, I think it's crepey. And she didn't think it was crepey before, but they said crepey. And now uh, she's like, I know exactly yeah. what this is. This is crepey skin. Oh, <laughs> she's yeah, like, I need yeah, to get yeah. this cream to foam my crepey skin. Yeah, yeah. It's that, that's when the television creates a problem for oh, you that gosh. you then they that you then can only solve by buying their Fun. expensive infomercial products. Yeah, and now you're using Could the word crepey to describe yourself. You've never done that before. Would you drop your grandma a little WhatsApp and say, what was, <laughs> what the, was name the cream? Of the cream? <laughs> just like because I feel that this might be creepy so, uh, please tell me what was the cream yeah I'm going to oh, need gosh. some of that infomercial goodness um, <laughs> uh, I'm a feminist but um, I'm tired of working man yeah. <laughs> I'm done I'm done you were hoping what that women lost the right to work so that you could just be kept I think so I don't know at this point I think I'm pretty much like I feel like a kind of a loose cannon I don't know if anyone could keep me and I don't I don't know like if I could time travel and just uh, like become the kind of person that just is quiet and nice and has a rich husband I would do it (laughs) I would I would give up my wit this is the this is this is like the opening to a Jane Austen novel. Yeah, I would give I up my wit. It. I would relinquish my wit. Take it back for a gentleman with a carriage. Oh God! And oh, two thousand two thousand a year and a, two thousand a year and a home in the country. Great yeah. ideal, a home in the city, <laughs> please. I'm not giving up my wit for a home in the country. Okay. <laughs> but what it's about my wit? What about a stately house in the country, a stately home in the country, and then a London? Townhouse. First of all, you can't d- determine the properties of my imaginary <laughs> sugar partner. Just okay. sugar partner? Yeah, Is that sugar what we're partner. calling him now? Yeah. Sugar partner. Hey, sugar partner. I've literally never heard that before, but I like you it. remove it. But Is your sugar partner hot? Odd. Ideally, I mean, is this my dream or is this their dream? It's your dream. Okay, yes, they're very hot. Okay. They're See, super, and they're like, they're like, Kima, I just want you to enjoy your hobbies. Um, and my ho- like, they're like, I want you to enjoy your hobbies. Um, and my hobbies would still include like stand-up comedy and like podcasting, except it's less necessary. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many Jane Austen heroines had podcasts. <laughs> A lot of them have, some of them wrote novels though, because Jane Austen herself wrote novels. She didn't have a sugar partner to keep her. She had to write the novels. Yeah. She died without a sugar partner. Well, novels are just the podcast of yesteryear. That's what I'm saying. That's what mm. I'm saying. So she was a podcaster but never got a sugar partner. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. I she walked so I could run. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I, I, I stand is, on the shoulders of great women. Uh, is, is your sugar partner in this scenario, in this sort of time travel scenario? Yes. Do you have... I believe in manifesting with intention, so let's get into it. Okay. Is it a female sugar partner who you are sort of saying... Because some women used to live um, like with an older woman, like a lady-in-waiting. Mm. So... They were like uh, Amy like a chambermaid or something. No, 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 no. Much more even status than that. So they were like, um, uh, like Amy did it in uh, uh, Good Little Women. She went off with a great aunt, and she. The deal was, come around Europe with me, and I'll show you all of Europe. But on right. this side, you have to read to me and be my companion. Yeah, but see, but, they weren't fucking. No, no, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. I super hope not. But what I'm asking is, under the guise of that, there must yeah. have been lesbian couples, surely. Mm, mm, of course. It's like, oh, she's my companion. Yeah. It was a probably pretty easy thing oh, to pull off. Oh, you've misunderstood me. I don't want to go back in time, uh, like, that far in time. Like, so, I'm down to have this be, like, a, a very 2022 arrangement. Why are you um, going back in time if you're doing it? Well, in you're twi- you talking just... about hiding around Europe with the older lady. <laughs> I thought you said time travel. Oh, I just meant to make me the kind of person oh, okay. that could be sugared. I don't think... Oh, I see. So you just want to go back to high school and k- yeah. stick with the cheerleading. Yeah, and um, no, stay away from that drama club. Right, right, right. You stay away from that stay drama club. The, I see, I Don't see. Don't you do that improv comedy. 
I thought we were going back to at least Victorian times. Yeah. I didn't understand we were going back no. to the naughty. Just yeah, we're just switching it up. Yeah. I've joked my way into breadwinning. <laughs> <laughs> Undo. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I think you're going to be someone else's sugar partner. That's what I think. Probably. I'm too generous. <laughs> I was literally dating someone, and I could tell, like, I was like, okay, I was like, if I'm doing the math, I don't think that they'll be making what I'm making, and so obviously this person should be a stay-at-home parent and pick lavender with their children. Um, and what's insane about that is I don't even know if I want kids. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing, is if you go back yeah. in time, they're going to expect you to pump out at least one baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you want that. I don't, oh. think, it, I don't think it's any less work than comedy. Let's put, put it that way. It seems very hard. And so many people that try so much at it do horrible jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, also, but also stand-up, stand-up, stand-up comedy doesn't wake you up five times a night. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stand-up comedy doesn't demand that you drive them to karate and then scream at you all the way there and then say, I hate you. And then say, I hate karate. And yeah. And then say, I hate karate and I'm I hate you. I'm never doing karate again. Yeah, I've said it before. Oh. Uh, being a parent is just being an unpaid Uber driver, taking someone to karate who doesn't want to go and hates you anyway. Um... <laughs> I'm a feminist, but lately my tits have grown. We don't know why. Wow. And I'm not mad at it. I feel like I might be getting like 5 to 10% better service mm. in restaurants. This is exciting. It's great I to feel see the like, change. I feel like if I just shoulders back, because I've never had like big tits for my body, if you see what mm. I mean. Because I'm mm. quite broad and tall. Like you're saying, for your body, and if we put your boobs on me, then maybe they would be big. Well, no, because some people have very small frames. So yeah. I might be a D to double D, but on these shoulders, do you see what I mean? Yeah, because they broad. measure the things. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, I'm tall. I'm like, these tits on a small woman would be... Barbie. How's she walking around? Exactly. Get your shoulders off the ground, young lady. Stand up. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're that big, but I, I certainly think they would, they would, they would be. You ruined Jessica's back. Exactly. If the good body genie came along, uh, the good body genie is a figment. Uh, do you know about the good body genie? No, I don't. Yeah. Fascinating. So the good body genie, either I would sometimes play with the good body genie when I was younger. Now it's a little bit more anomaly for me because I'm such a feminist oh. now. But back in the day, before I really understood feminism... Dangerous I, game. I used to say to Tom, if the good body genie appeared mm. while I was out and said, mm. what three things of Deborah's body would you like me you to change? You asked Tom! Yeah. What would you change? <laughs> and he would say, nothing, darling. I love you just the way you are. You're so beautiful. I would ask the good body genie to leave and just change nothing. And I'd be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> what if they never come back? You know I hate my thighs. I can't believe you would you ruin that opportunity for me. For me. <laughs> I, have, I would have, like an, so I would write down the demands and go, these are the things we wish to change should the good body genie call while I'm out. Um, and it was obviously a hilarious trap for him. Like, whatever he said, obviously, was going to be wrong. But it did... So I still do have the good body genie in my head. Obviously, now, I think all bodies are good bodies, especially mine, because I've been, mm. you know, brainwashed by feminism. And I... But the good body genie, I think, has paid a visit in the night. He's um, like, let me sprinkle a little boobies on it. I think the good body genie's up the size of my breasts, and I'm not mad about them. That's what's that. Yeah. Just have a little whisper in the nighttime. Congratulations. No, I genuinely do think <laughs> I'm much happier with my body than I used to be because of feminism and, and also representation, just genuinely. Mm. But I'm also, I mean, I'm a little bit annoyed that some of my tops don't fit. And also, who gives a fuck? I've got big tits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that your new, like, slogan? <laughs> Yeah, it used to be you don't have to be perfect to be a force for meaningful change. That was my slogan. But then you're like, who gives a fuck? Now it's who gives a fuck, I've got big tits. (laughs) Yes, the guilty side is winning. (laughs) Um, This is probably, you know, a little messed up, but, you know, it's around fall, autumnal time of year. We get to thinking about the Salem witches and stuff. Um, and I'd probably... <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody's thinking about it. 
That might we've be an American all, thing. We've, oh, all East had, Coast we've thing. all had the ladies on our minds. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Crucible of the National, very good. <laughs> I was thinking about him, and I, I probably would have been a witch as well. Um, sure. I, I just, I just kind of have like good vibes like that, uh, just like witch vibes. And uh, if other people in my uh, coven got caught, and I didn't, I think that I would have to say goodbye to them, <laughs> let them know that I love them, um, and I hope that they survive the lake test. <laughs> Are you not standing by your fellow witches? No. <laughs> You're just going to be like, bye now. Was, I don't know you. They put them in the water. They're trying to be like, if she's a witch, she would float. Yeah. They don't even know science. How am I supposed to reason with these people? You know, instead of setting people on fire and stuff, no thank you. That's too warm. <laughs> too so warm you were me. just going to edge slowly away from your fellow witch and go, I don't know, maybe she is a witch. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't know that. I've never met a woman before in my life. <laughs> but, then, but I would be doing it for us as a whole because some of us would have to stay alive <laughs> to carry For the greater on. good yeah. of witchery. Yeah. I see, I see. So you're not doing it for yourself so much as the concept of witchery. Exactly. <laughs> Just for witchcraft as a whole. Nobody in this audience is buying that story. Okay. Well. Live from King's Place in London, the Spotted Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Neville Francis Mike, guest host, Kim Abbott, and our very special guest, Jordan Gray, talking about Is It a Bird? Why do people eat cheese for dessert? Eat cheese? Is that a British thing? They don't do that in America? I'm like, no, and it's like on the menu a lot, and it's like dessert, and then it's like cheese. <laughs> and you're suggesting it should not be? Well, I don't know where just a bunch of cheese goes on a menu. A bunch of cheese? <laughs> there are British people here who are really bristling at this. They're like, just give us a cheer if you're cheese or pudding, like, like dessert. Just right. cheers. Just give us a, if you could only have one, if you could only have one, just give us a cheer. This is turning into off menu, isn't it? Oh my God. Um, just give us a cheer if you're cheese. Yeah. Give us a cheer if you're, if you're sweet pudding dessert. Cheer if you're both. Woo! Okay, so pudding takes a bite a little bit, but it's a lot of cheeses here. So it's the idea when we're using the word dessert to describe cheese. Uh, what is the definition of dessert? Is dessert not meant to be like a sweet thing? Are we simply just being like, this is the post-meal delight? Yeah, it's... Well, I think really there should be a pudding course, then a cheese course. So okay. cheese should be your fourth course, really. There should be a starter, a main, a dessert, and then a, then a cheese, platter, board. I struggle with uh, the lactose, so maybe that's where I'm a weird... You know what, guys? It was about me. I am fine with you centering yourself in the cheese course. Sorry. Uh, but Sorry. lactose comes into most puddings as well, most desserts, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do for a... For a what's, your, what's your delight? I eat them up. You just eat it and then just suffer the consequences? Yeah. Yes, I do. Whoever is with me will suffer as well. What's, what's the dessert of your dreams? What's... Ooh, oh. Okay, there's fresh fruit involved, right? Fresh I fruit. always enjoy the tang of a berry, right? And I'm talking about straw, rasp. We could go with blue, but I prefer straw and rasp, to be honest. Um, and, you know, that's just me and, like, to each their own or whatever. Um, I think we're dealing with an ice cream of sorts. Yes. Um, I don't know if the cream is iced or whipped. Maybe both. This is my dream. Um... <laughs> The creams are both whipped and iced. Yeah, go on. Um, it's a dream. It's but, a dream. But, but, well-made vegan. Hmm. Mm. Nobody's fighting tonight. <laughs> there is an element of chocolate, but it's not too uh, overpowering. Yep. Maybe in the form of a brownie under said ice cream. Ooh, yes. But does it clash with my fresh fruits? Only one way to find out. Fight. Um, so raspberries I can see this now it's a chocolate brownie with mm. vanilla ice cream fresh whipped cream and some raspberries yeah 
Is there a coolie? Is there a sort of... I was just thinking coolie. (laughs) There may be a coolie. Yeah, I think there's a coolie. I think I would have, if I can only have one pudding... Please tell me your dream. um, Like a vanilla Haagen-Dazs ice cream with Mm. a hot chocolate fudge sundae over the top Mm, mm. and a side of pavlova. (laughs) I just love pavlova so much. Also, I have a seminal memory, a pavlova seminal memory... That um, is that the that's not like the meringue type one. Is Pavlova. that one? Yeah. Or the seminal memory. Is but <laughs> is Pavlova meringue or is it like that like? Thick? It's a it's a meringue shell with meringue fr- fr- froth inside fluff. Yeah. Yes. It's very. It's actually New Zealanders claim it's theirs. Australians claim it theirs. It's theirs. I think it is in fact a New Zealand thing, but mm. Australians are more claimy. <laughs> it, Australia's quite claimy, yeah. yeah. Um, Russell Crowe, Australian, mm. not mm. New Zealand, uh, yeah. if, just to name but one We'll thing. take him. Exactly. I think now we're probably giving him back, if I'm honest, the way he's behaved over the mm. last few years. I remember when I was a little girl, we had people for dinner, and I'd never tasted pavlova before. And obviously we were allowed to stay up and have this special dinner. And I remember thinking it was ice cream, and I put my spoon mm. in and I tasted it, and it was the greatest thing I'd ever tasted. It was like angels crying on my tongue. I looked across at my mother and she winked at me um, because she could see how happy I was with this pudding. And so I always have this sort of really seminal, joyful memory of being a small child, not able to say, what is this? What is this food of the gods? Mm. Um, Just sitting there going, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever had or anyone's ever had. Mm -hmm. And so I think pavlova always brings back that memory for me. And I would like it with vanilla ice cream and Chuck sauce on the side. I would also like a cheesecake. I, we... Hey, 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 hey. I, I don't mean to be the dream cop. <laughs> you feel too many dreams. And now this is becoming a menu. Now this is becoming off menu. <laughs> it is becoming off menu. It is, but they, they would only allow one because they're the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Off menu, if you're listening, and I know that you aren't, uh, you, you would not allow me to have so many of these. Uh, have you ever been on off menu? I went on and, you know, they asked you, they're like, you want an appetizer, you mm. want your main, etc. And I got to the bottom of my menu and I was like, this is fucking gross. <laughs> I was like, when you put all of these individually delicious foods together, I will puke. <laughs> like, I was like, this menu is not realistic in any way, shape or form. It was I, insane. I, I hear you. I think that's sort of the, the joy of off-menu. Anyway, let's stop advertising... A boys' podcast. Um, no, I don't think many it. people listen to it at all. We should raise awareness. <laughs> Put your hands together for the incredible Kima Bob. <laughs> Okay, thank you. So, uh, one of the troubles uh, when you're a stand-up is you have to uh, write stuff, and the only way that you can make your stuff better is by doing it a bunch. Um, but uh, I've, I've done some things here that I have uh, know don't suck. And, you know, that's been great, but now we're going to switch it up. So, <laughs> um, here are half-baked thoughts from a Google document I have called funny stuff because <laughs> I think it is <laughs> um, so one thing I don't like about like stand up and stuff is people always want to do like they always want to take cheap shots at vegans and I don't think it's right and I know that right now you're feeling like oh she's, this is just a setup to take a cheap shot at vegans but I swear to god it's not I actually think it's pretty fucked up to make fun of them um, because like have you ever dated a vegan and gone out to eat with them it's not hard for you. It's hard for them. Thank you. Yeah, they're like two things for you. I'm so sorry what you go through. And you guys are such good sports about it. Out there just pretending to care about fries and cauliflower. <laughs> well done. I just want to say that when it comes to dining, vegans are the oppressed and we need to be nice to them. <sighs> anyway. Um, okay, so I'm just going to read this out. Uh, it says, I feel like psychological torture is like a hand job. Uh, no one can get you there the way you can. <laughs> um, and it just says, oh, sure, someone might be good at it. It might feel refreshing to have someone else 
take a tug. Jesus Christ. <laughs> take a tug. Ah, <laughs> oh, but unless they know about your crippling fear of financial ruin, you'll never come. <laughs> That's mad. Um, I, I actually am really good at torturing myself about, like, food stuff. Um, basically what it is, is uh, I'm bad at cooking. Uh, like, so much so that if I had a cooking show, it would be called Remove Sleeve Pierce Film. <laughs> like, that's kind of where my expertise lies. Um, and I, I go back and forth between uh, being like, hey... Uh, you you can order food and being like, why are you doing this? It's not economically sustainable. And basically, I could take myself on a real journey. Okay, so basically, I, I like to play a game called um, ordering versus grocery store, right? Um, and that's because I like to play a game called I constantly have an empty fridge. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's so hard. I'm trying to get like around on it, but it's so hard. And then I'll, I'll, I'll be like, you're wasting money. And then I'll be like, no, you're worried about wasting money. You're wasting time. Time. Um, and I've spent so much time negotiating that I'll be stuck on the couch with like no motivation to go to the store uh, and no idea what I would cook if I did go to the store. I'm basically talking myself out of going to the store and I'm like, oh, if you go to the store, what are you going to do? Get food, then make it? Probably not. What are you going to do? Watch it right again? You're going to watch it right again? Oh, you love to watch it right. Oh my God. I'm way too good at letting food rot. Like, it's, I don't even try. Like, I'm just naturally gifted, and I think it's absolutely fucked up. And, I, I, like, I, I understand that, like, food waste is bad. And when I buy it, it's not the intention, but, oh, it just happens. Um, and so, basically, how it will go... Oh, there's something after this. That's so dumb. Uh, basically, how it goes at like three thirty, I'll be like, "All right, we're gonna go to the grocery store at five, so we can make dinner." And then, like at four twenty, it like rains, and I'm like, "Oh, can't go to the store in the rain? Are you kidding me? I'm outside. It's raining. That's insane. No one want that." Um, and then, like around like four twenty-eight, the rain stops, and I'm just kind of like, "Well, I've already decided not to go to the store." Um, <laughs> You know, and I'm like, it's still cold. You know, after it rains, sometimes the air is cold. I'm going to go out now. I'm going to get sick. Now I'm sick? Is that what we want? That's not what, that's not what's up. And then, like, I'm like, oh. And also, like, is what I'm hungry for at the store? <laughs> like, do you know, do they even have food there? Um, just the logic leaves. Um, and then I'm like, oh, but don't uh, order the food, because then... Uh, I'm like, oh, well, it did stop raining, so at least someone will be dry. Um, and that's generally how it goes. It's very sad. Uh, I here have a note that says, uh, come diamonds. Uh, and it's just an exploration of how everyone's always talking about blood diamonds, um, but no one seems to care about come diamonds. Um, and I think that in the kind of uh, hierarchy of diamonds, it would be like spit diamonds are like very low. Um, and then like above that, like other bodily fluid diamonds and then hit blood diamonds and then cum diamonds are the best. <laughs> so I just want to raise awareness of cum diamonds. There are better, better diamonds. <laughs> this is honestly just crime. Um, I used to only be good at two things when I lived in America, and that was boiling water and sucking dick. Um, and then I moved to the UK, and you guys have all these kettles. It's um, <laughs> making me feel pretty bad about myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, one last thought, and I'll leave you. Um, uh, do you guys ever find, like, uh, the hair of uh, a lover in your bed <laughs> and think, ooh, I could do a clone now. <laughs> Does that ever occur to you? But then, but then you go, oh, how, how much is that going to cost me? You know? <laughs> that kind of science, that kind of equipment, that kind of technology. You know, we'll probably have to investigate, find a team that does that sort of thing, but they're out there, they're doing it. But then you're like, oh, but once you get past the, you know, those kind of logistics, now how, how, how long you got to grow this clone lover from scratch? You got to watch it grow up? That's gross. <laughs> huh? That's not hot. By the time this uh, clone lover I may grows up, probably won't even be my type anymore. 
Anyway, these are uh, just thoughts that I've had. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Keep up, up, everybody! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com After 10 years in the music biz and a memorable run on The Voice, she took her brand new show, Is It A Bird?, to the Edinburgh Fringe this August. To call her show a runaway hit does not do justice to the enormous buzz the show created. Suddenly, she's one of the UK's most exciting and celebrated comics, and for good reason. Please clap your hands, stamp your feet, and make incredible, guilty feminist, woohooing, welcoming noises to the incredible Jordan Gray! Jordan, grab a mic. Come, yeah. Which Hello. Are, yeah, that's uh, the one. Right. That's the one. <laughs> Jordan, you're... Surely, yeah. the only difference between a dessert and yeah. cheese yeah. is the linear nature of time. Because most desserts are cream-based and they will curdle, given the opportunity. Oh, that's so it's sort of the same point. thing, really. If you, leave, <laughs> if you leave any cream-based pudding out in the rain long it enough. It will become some kind of cheese. In the rain as well. That's an unusual situation to have a dessert. <laughs> so well, I just thought it was like someone left the cake out in the rain. So I just feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's all, Basically, every pudding you've ever eaten is just days away from cheese. Yeah. Mm. Jordan, are you more of a cheese gal or more of a pudding gal? I like a cheesecake. Just oh! <laughs> Everybody out Controversial. Thrown down on the table. Take a stand. <laughs> Jordan's now walking out rightfully. Um, Jordan, your show this year in Edinburgh got nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award and it was one of the hottest shows going in Edinburgh. It was so exciting. It was a very small box indeed. It was very hot in there for the whole time. But also, so it was great. really nice to get nominated for that award because that's what is the holy grail for a comedian. It made me really happy. Mm. Yeah. And alongside some of the best comedians I've ever met in my life. Mm. So it's an honour. You always think, there was only nine of us nominated and you always assume it must be a fluke. I think I must be the ninth one. I must have just got across the line. And then it turned out people really liked it. It was good. Oh, it was so incredible. Happy. I went to go see the show um, and I knew uh, a bit out that I need to get my ticket because I was like, oh, people are getting in there. It's selling hot. It's selling fast. And I was so glad that I grabbed it and I saw it and that I was able to see you move and be and to see you celebrate yourself and be celebrated. Like, it's such a bum show and you're such a bum performer and everything they're getting is, like, so well-deserved. So congratulations. This is the nicest introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Thanks. That's so nice. So Thank you very much. I've had a really difficult couple of days, been a really complicated couple of days, and this is the nicest thing, just to be surrounded by nice, really nice people 
intelligent, lovely people that just want to talk about nice things. It's really oh, nice. Also, I... I'm involved in this conversation quite a lot, which is nice as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, this moment is to centre and celebrate you and all the wonderful things you're doing. I was not able to get a ticket for your show when I went up to Edinburgh because I was there right at the end after you'd been nominated. So there was no, there wasn't getting a ticket for Love or Money. So I'm going to come to the Palladium this Friday night and see it. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I'm, oh, and I'm excited because I, I think it's going to be an extra long, like more whistles and bells show. No? Yeah, because there's a stipulation in the contract at the Palladium there needs to be an interval so people can mm. buy alcohol. <laughs> so I've had to chop the hour in half and I think half an hour per half is not enough so I'm going to add more into each half so it's like a bumper show because people got paid parking and like babysitters mm. and stuff an hour is not long enough are you excited about that um, like challenge of building it out and it was, yeah I got an email that said there's an interval so perhaps you'd like to add another sort of half an hour to the show so alright I'll just pull another half an hour of award winning comedy out of my areas what are you talking oh, yeah, about yeah, that's no. up really hard yeah. been working yeah. on the show forever but it might be the funniest stuff because I would have not really said it much before mm. much like your stand up today I've enjoyed that very much yeah. the cum yeah, diamonds I... it'll be a cum diamond situation yeah it'll be yeah. your cum diamond my, my cum diamond <laughs> we will be selling cum diamonds I'm, in the foyer I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that should catch on um <laughs> I'm a little concerned that that's going to become a meme and a thing and people will go, yeah, it came out of the guilty feminist. Um, um, so tell us about this come diamond of a show. Strictly come diamond. Um, that was too fast and too good. That was very, very good. I, I am so uh, excited about being able to see it because I've heard so many wonderful things. Could you describe the show for the audience? I can. I shall do my bloody best. Mm. So I'm, um, I'm a transgender person and I'm from Essex and the show's called Is It a Bird? Because it's like, is it a bird? Is it a plane? But also, is it a bird? I don't know. I figure out. Um, because I play to quite a broad audience. Like, that's something I discovered, especially at the Fringe, is that um, my, my audience is, uh, is very broad and they don't necessarily know what they're looking at. And the whole point of the show is that you don't feel bad for a second not knowing stuff because I don't use any phrases people don't really know. I'm talk- it's, there's a loose superhero through line. I sort of, I'm a little bit jealous of Batman, so I'll talk about that a little bit. Because like, how come he gets to dress up like whatever he wants and call himself a bat and the mm. entire world has absolutely no problem with that? Um, I was going to talk about dogs and babies and my lovely wife. And there's music, sort of, a la the great Tim Minchin, who I could never compare myself to, except what, except I just did. But, like, not, <laughs> but he's the best. But I'm down here with my keyboard and my oh, silly haircut. But to haircut. be fair, like, several, a newspaper agrees with the comparison. That's a lovely comparison to make. But then I also get, like, a lot of Russell Brand, which is fine. I don't know if that's a problematic <laughs> comparison to make because I don't know if he's done anything wrong recently. But because we've, I, know, right? I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, but it's it's a compliment because he's a comedian, and I want to be a comedian. Yeah. Well, you are a comedian. You got nominated for the Britain's highest honour of. So it's empirical comedy. evidence. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that. I think it would be really weird if if they just sort of rang up and went, "Sorry, we've just realised you're not a comedian. <laughs> We're taking that nomination back." So I like, oh, said. This was all an art piece. <laughs> I, do, oh. I think that's really, it's really easy sometimes to like go, do I identify as a comedian? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, as what I'm doing, because, it's, because the art form's changed so much. And when I, when I first came to comedy clubs, before I was even doing stand-up, a comedian was one thing, and it was, mm. it was so limited what you could do or what was perceived as comedy. And I remember the first people breaking through, like... Dave Gorman was doing something different, a slightly off the Eddie Izzard was doing something different. And I think there were so many different voices starting to bubble through. And now it's everything and anything. Like you go up to Edinburgh and you see so many really wildly different yeah. hours. Well, there are still people that try to be kind of like, uh, I don't want to say like traditional about it, but they're like, uh, I think they try to police behavior of comedians instead of being like, you're not a comedian, but they're like, are you a real comedian unless you go out this many times a week and unless you're gigging in this place and this place and this place and doing this, this and this um, and being like, that's, that's who I respect, that's who I consider to be a real comedian. So they won't try to like, take it away from you in title, they'll just be like, I don't know if you're like us. Um, mm. oh, yeah. and the idea that you should be able to play any room if you're a real comedian yeah. but then I, I listened to uh, the lovely Comedians Comedian podcast with, mm. uh, oh, with, yes. and Sarah Millican said well it's not like I have to be able to walk into a room and entertain a bunch of six year olds it's a completely mm. different thing you don't actually have to be able to play every single room you find your audience don't you you whittle it down so that's bullshit as well all the rules about being a comedian are all just silly and made up I feel it's very similar to gender. It's like, (laughs) seriously though, like I do, I feel like the more I'm exploring 
gender and sexuality, the more I'm realizing we have such a Western framework to go, you are a, you are a, you are a, and you are a. And when you are looking at indigenous communities, it's just not really like that. We had this amazing Farfini woman on Samoan in Sydney, and uh, she said, in the Western framework, I'm a trans woman, but in my culture, I'm a Farfafini person. And that could be anything in our framework from a gay man to a non-binary person to a trans woman. And it's someone who's femme, but on this, you know, it's all kind of a spectrum. And I said, well, how do you know what kind of Farfafini person someone is? And she said, well, you don't. She was like, you get to know them as an individual and they will exhibit. And, but she said, well, it's sort of the same with, um, again, it's our framework, cis people is our framework, but... She said, well, everyone's sort of on a spectrum in terms of their gender and their sexual orientation. It's, and the way I'm increasingly seeing is it's not like um, in the Western framework, we don't say something... We, we would say something was loud or quiet, but we know that's a relative term. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a pub and I go, is it loud in there? You don't just go, it's not yes or no. It's like, it's, it was loud for me, or I thought it was fine, right. but, you know, like... Same as light and dark. We don't have an on and off. Even left and right, it's sort of relative. Over there is left and over there is right. North by northwest. It's only gender where we go, it's boy or girl, and that's it, and that's stop talking. And it's actually sexual orientation. That came from sexologists in the late 1800s going, Mm -hmm. you are a... And actually, in those days, it was a pathology. It was, this is your diagnosis, that you're homosexual. I feel elevated by this conversation. I feel, I, I, my whole obsession in life is that I can add value to any situation I'm in. I felt so underqualified to be here. But that, that's re- I feel so, that was really nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I feel I know a little bit more about myself. Um, this is great. No, it's only that I've been doing so much research for this book. Um, but I'm sure, you know, in terms of your lived experience, you know a lot more than me. Well, I've not written a book about it yet. But I don't know. Perhaps you'd like to write it for me. Perhaps that's something we could talk about next year. I don't. That's the thing. The idea that, I'm, that I would know all the terms and everything. I host an awful lot of Pride festivals. When you're a reality TV reject like I am, you basically ask to do a lot of Pride festivals up and down the country because we're really affordable and we've been on TV. Um, so I speak to lots of young people who have new terms every day and I have to keep up mm. with those. Uh, um, and I, and that's a wonderful learning experience for me. But I trip mm. up all the time and that's, it's like a... You know, it's a difficult yeah. thing to say. In terms of, like, getting the language right for the framework? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the sentiment is always right, always welcoming and, and understanding mm-hmm. and celebratory, but, gosh, things change all the time. And I've got I to represent all of them. I really appreciate your, um, your acknowledgement that the learning is ongoing and willingness to do so. Um, I think it's, like, within, like... So so much of the stuff that we're learning about, like within the queer community, etc. I was just saying the other day at a gig that um, I'm confused a lot. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about like uh, sexuality-wise, like what do I think you know a great person would be like for me? Um, and I was thinking about um, gender expression-wise and stuff about how a lot of the time uh, people like to paint. Uh, queerness and pride as like you finally reach this destination or like you're there and you know everything and you figured everything out when I think queerness is this journey and ultimately the pride is like just like going and being alive and being yourself wherever you are in it and owning it and like learning is ongoing you know, and like I think both of you guys have just said like in different ways. Like Debs, I think you do a great job of keeping up with what's going on. Like I say some like just shit to you. It won't even be important. It'll just be what the kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to learn what the latest language and frameworks are, but I also mm. do think in parallel with that. Um, I remember once Travis Alabanza saying to me, mm. I'm trans because language is limited. Mm. And I think we're, we out, I think the Ferrari in the press and the, on Twitter about this has become so locked because it's a very Western view that, this is, that something is this or this. And it, you have to be this because I'm telling you you're this because you're not this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so, but it's only words. It's only words. Like a human being is a human being. And I think what we're all trying to do is say, this is my experience of being human. Is it anything like your experience of being human? 
and just trying to express that. And so then we look for groups of, I'm in this group. Are you in this group? Are you also somebody who has this experience or quality or body part or blah, 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 blah? And then people want to group together and go, I'll be safe if I'm with the other people who have this gender identity or this body part or this feeling or this. And then it gets so locked into, no, you are a this or a that. And it can only really be an experience. If you've never had this experience of being this close to Deb when she's talking about this stuff, this is so amazing. This is so transformative. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's your, your, your sincerity is, like, so, so absolute. Like, it's, it's, really, it's really... Thank you so much for this. this. We're just having a little moment. I'm sorry about this. Yeah. It's real nice. You're really nice. I've, like, maybe I needed it more than ever right now, but I do feel... Yeah. Thank you for saying that stuff. And... Oh, I believe you as well. Every word you're saying, I believe you. That's a nice thing. None of it's like platitudes. It's like, I believe what you're saying. That's not so nice. No, I really, I really, I really do feel it. And I feel like my big concern is that right now, and I I really do want to be positive and I think we can win, uh, is that old school homophobes are being emboldened by, they just hear, oh, we don't want this, da, 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 da. And I just get, you know, and I think we've got to more proactively, I think it's really easy if you're not trans, to go, I just want to stay out of this. I just, it's too much. Oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get it in the neck from somebody. But I think the more we practice radical compassion and radical conclusion as a group, the less we need to be frightened because we will be together. And I really do think in 10 years' time, it will be nothing. It will be, not nothing, but it will be, I think it will be normal. But there's a real bump to get over. And I think it's going to need all hands on deck, gang. I really, really do. Um, coming together and I think one yeah, of the to get everyone there in one piece yeah and it's it's not easy because I think it's you know you say brilliant things online about how change is difficult and you know you said a brilliant tweet the other day where you said change is difficult and I should know and I think it's funny in it and it's really lovely what I think you're doing so brilliantly is you're being really really funny and really joyful on stage your show from what I've seen and I saw you on channel four the other night it's very joyful I'm a, I'm a six-foot toddler running around. That is my, fully that. And nobody can not relate to that feeling of being like, I'm so excited right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, Let's have a great time. Yeah. yeah. Gender falls out the window because we don't think of, but we don't particularly think of young kids as gendered at all. They're just blobs mm. running around having a good time. Yeah. That's all I am. I'm just a really long blob running around having a good time. <laughs> and that you can't... You'd have to be a stony-hearted bastard to watch the show and go, oh. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. having so much fun. Um, yeah. And... In order for that joy to uh, to radiate as largely as possible, as, as universally as possible, I have to broaden the language so everyone mm. can understand. I don't want a single person to switch off and go, well, this isn't for me. Mm. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I want everyone to live vicariously through my stupidness. So it's what's really an example fun. of broadening language, do you mean? I will, for example, sex change is an incredibly old-fashioned phrase and it's, yeah. it's also doesn't make sense. I, I, I mm. do a whole bit in the show about how you can't change your sex. Sex is genetic information. I wasn't bitten by a radioactive woman, right? You can't change your genes. I wasn't working late in my laboratory one evening. I tripped over and fell into a large vat of gender fluid. Right? You can't change your genes, but it's, um, it's an old-fashioned phrase, and that's how most people get in, to use the, the language of transition. Even that, you'd think people would understand, and it makes sense... Yeah. You, don't, you could have a figure it out. But if it's not the language most people are used to, I will introduce the concept through the phrase sex change because that's what the top of the... the, the, like mm. the, the people that are furthest removed from this experience, that's their way in. The and that's way. fine. Never let anybody feel bad about that's the, way, that's the word that they understand. And then we dismantle it if it mm. needs to be dismantled. I think that joke about being bitten <laughs> is quite yeah. funny. That's so it, it stays in the show. Um, and then it goes downhill. I always thought this is really funny. Like... I always say, you can't change your sex. I'm not one of those dinosaurs out of Jurassic Park 2. And no one gets it. <laughs> but then I crowbar in what I believe to be an incredibly good it's Jeff Goldblum good. impression. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only reason for it. because I do. Can a... we see a bit of the Jeff Goldblum impression? You don't please? want to hear Jeff uh, We Goldblum. really so do. Great. Nothing could be make you more popular in this room. Gosh. Uh, see, uh, uh, your scientists, uh, <laughs> your scientists, uh, they're, they're so busy uh, trying to make dinosaurs. Uh, uh, they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't stop to think if they should. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come to the Palladium <laughs> to hear me do that. I'll, if I will just do, do that, that for now. Yeah. 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 And you've got some incredible songs. Um, one Thanks. of which we saw on Channel Four. Um, uh, you're not singing tonight because you have to save your voice for the Palladium. I do, because otherwise that Jeff is going to come out all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favourite song to sing? 
I have a song about, um, it's very much in the style of the late Billie Holiday, and it's like selling your soul to the devil and selling your body to the devil. And then I just continue that list. So it's like, I sold my Xbox to the devil. <laughs> I sold some weed to the devil. Oh, brilliant. And I love it because it's like a real bit of music as well. I feel like yeah. a proper Seven. singer. Yeah, it's like, like, it's actually a vibe. And then you're like, what else is this bitch about to sell to the devil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because I was a singer for 10 years and it's nice to pull that out. It's weird to have an entire career and now it's been reduced to a party trick. But I quite like oh, it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, also. Yeah, that's because you, you, were, you were a professional singer when you went on The Voice. Done my best. And then you're, yeah. now you've, you've, you've moved into comedy because it's much more, uh, it's so much more fun. Uh, you can, I think you can, you, because you're I more autonomous you can, when you're yeah, a comedian. Yeah, be more yourself, I think. Yeah, well, you can just make your own living. As mm. long as anyone will come and see you. Mm. You just don't have to wait for other people to endorse you in comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not true in singing as much. I think you can a bit, but I feel like it's the thing in the world where there's the least endorsement by the powers that be necessary, which mm. is comedy or cabaret. It's like, well, as long as someone will leave the house to see me, I've got a job. Mm. And you can, something that you just thought of this morning can end up being a show that evening. Mm. It's not the mm. same with music. You'd have to be pretty prolific to end up with something mm. workable. That's true. Day. Whereas you can think of cum diamonds on the bus on the way here. It's true. And oh, boom, the routine is, you know, it's there true. was some really funny stuff in that. And, and you're you reading know, it off maybe the one day, um, Maybe one day it'll go into something about conflict diamonds and, you know, the larger. But at present, it's just about cum. Uh, it's not about war. It's not it, about colonization. It's just about come. It will. It will evolve. I'm sure. But I will mm-hmm. all be thrilled to say we were here. We saw the first ever the, the sparkling. You, you saw the rock that one day would become a cum diamond. The cum, you, we, <laughs> we saw the cum coal. It's the it's cum be worked its way into a diamond. I really, why did I bring coal. this up again? I really uh, regret it. I didn't I'm selling cum coals after the show. No cum coals. What you get if you've been naughty that year? Have <laughs> 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 you been there? <laughs> Santa baby. <laughs> um, yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, uh, what's the highlight for the audience? Do you think? What do they most respond to? The songs are a, are a big, <laughs> big hit. I imagine me saying that actually about myself. People like the songs because <laughs> it's easy to say anything you want with a song because mm. it's jaunty and silly and, and anything. Um, I think people just respond to the fact that they they get to sit there for an hour and not feel silly or tripped up or bad about stuff that they didn't necessarily understand. That's nice. Um, I've done a lot more crying during my shows than you would for a normal comedy show because I was enjoying myself so much. I kept hitting these new hurdles and then like... Like Ian McKellen showed up, bless his little <gasps> cottons. Right? It's really nice. Stop it! And right I've done now. a little cry because that because he's Magneto and it's a show about superheroes. Um, and then what I, did, what I did was... Did you mention he was in the audience? You just keep it I, I left it for about 20 minutes, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, bloody Magneto's here. And then I kept picking up my mic stand and I kept moving an inch towards him and going, here, mate, come on, mate. Oh, because he's got magnet powers. Oh. And he loved it. But then I'd done a little cry afterwards because he sent me an email saying, well done. And also, don't worry about the awards because the real award is the love and laughter of the audience. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. Yes. Yeah, and it proper got me. So it's like, if he's got that grace and decorum after all this time, like, I've yeah. got to catch up. Mm. I think mm. that is the real award, but the other awards are nice too. Um, <laughs> I like both kinds of awards. I, I'm wondering, like, because I think it's really uh, gracious and kind of you, and um, when I think about going up, because when you go up to the fringe, uh, the people that are there that are watching things, it's hard to tell, like, who they are or where they are. And I think it's really lovely that you're like, I want to make sure that everyone can come in can I ask how, like, how much of that felt like responsibility, maybe responsibility to not only, like, the community, but also responsibility to get in booties and seats? Um, and have, <laughs> like, so what felt like you had to make it accessible and what of it was... You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I'm far more proud of being like working class than I am of being transgender so I wanted to make sure it was affordable mm. and anyone could get in mm. um, and I'm a, I always say because I'll do a lot of write for a lot of TV and I'm a, I'm a comedian first and transgender person second so you come to enjoy a comedy before you would come to hear about the transgender experience it's obviously mm. going to come up because you write about what you know and I sort of know a bit about it so like that's that's what we talk about um, it just has to be available to everyone but then The Guardian done a nice five star and then 
The Telegraph did a nice five star, and then suddenly a week later, you get that knock on effect of all the Telegraph readers sitting in the front row with their arms crossed, like, entertain me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's lovely. What a lovely challenge. Because I'm like, all right, that you, you've paid your money as well, just like anybody else, and they turned out to be some of the loveliest audiences as well. Mm. Like, it's just, it's a treat. I, get to, I got to meet every single kind of person. It's not like you do walk out as a comedian. I was saying to this to Sophie Duke earlier today. If you go out and you see in the distance someone's got like, blue and pink dyed hair you go oh this is going to be a good gig <laughs> they're going to respond this is fine this is okay we look for sort of like yeah um gender non-conforming yeah, or like no colorfulness good. you're like great this is going to be great we're going to have a nice time but if you don't see that yeah oh hello just a, a blue haired person <laughs> laughing in the audience i thought I, can i just direct my next jeff impression to this person <laughs> and see, see if we get a better response. um yeah because i'm like well this person's they've already gone past a certain I'm making huge like, assessments mm. about people that have dyed their hair a different colour. Mm. But like, you've jumped one social boundary already. If you're willing to dye your hair an exciting colour, you're mm. probably willing to hear other interesting ideas about life. And then that, I'm like, OK, this person's got a, more of an open mind and a lovely head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm specifically talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. It was, is it? Like, what, <laughs> no, it is. I it's what, about no, it is. It's sort of what, what makes you feel safe. Yeah. Mm. Um, and makes you feel like this audience is going to be okay. A and thousand percent. I feel like for me, it would just be like, like a black person. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's like, it's what, what will relax you. And mm. um, I remember once in Edinburgh doing a gig. It was a chat show, but I didn't realise that the guy running the chat show was had a really right-wing crowd. And it was very, very, very bitter Scottish people because there's hardly any right-wing people in Scotland. So they, they it was like a far-right rally. And they felt so pissed off because there were so few of them. You know, they, they were just like, God damn it, why are we mm. the only ones that can see sent the sense of the far right here in Scotland? And I remember feeling so alienated on stage and I just sort of had to go for it because I was like, they hate me anyway, why not have some fun? Okay. Mm. Um, but I do remember feeling like, oh, I'm going to get run out of town. And it's like, in those instances, what will make you feel safe? Like, what... Who can you hold on to or what can you do? But you definitely start checking the exits because you start to feel physically unsafe. But, and I think, you know, if you're trans, that can happen any time. And so I love what you're describing about being almost like um, you're very, and I see it from your trust as well, you're really radically compassionate and humanizing. You're really humanizing of everybody. And I love that you're allowing an audience to come in who are not in a sort of, elite academic space um, of, you know, it's so easy to get into this kind of very London way of, this is how we talk about it. Yeah, this is your assigned also, gender at birth. And we all know what that means. Yeah. And that's a shortcut. There's but, that. There's the elite academic. There's also just like being steeped in queerness, which a lot of people, queer and non, aren't always like able to have a community around them. There's like, oh, I just like well done you, standing in the gap and being like the biggest person. But if you ever get tired of it, just know that you can come be petty over here. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really good point. Because yeah. I feel like it has, it, it does take energy and like, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you, it's easy to burn out like that. Um, but also, you, it's like, I've sort of have started just to feel like a cartoon character. Like mm. also, which is great. I love a cartoon character because they're also sort of bulletproof as well. Like, mm, but mm, you're wearing a Marge Simpson T-shirt. She's my new spirit animal. Is Marge Simpson? Because she there was an episode of The Simpsons where Marge found an amazing pink suit in a in a supermarket and then she mm. wore it. At, you know, someone proper not in. And then um, her friends took the Mickey out of her because she wore it too many times. So then she she resewed oh, it into right. like a different outfit and a different outfit. And I wore a pink suit on Friday Night Live, and my hair was pretty much the same height as Marge's. Oh, and then I saw a picture yeah. of it. I was like, I must that must have gone into my brain when I was little. Oh, she's my new spirit animal now. Um, I feel like a cartoon. My hair looks like when it's out, it looks like a child drew it without taking their pen off the pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. But it affords you a sort of a whimsy. And also, I do literally every second. I, I'm, there's never a minute where I don't actively feel like life is too short. Not like a platitude, mm. not like, oh, life's short, so let's be nice. I'm like, fuck, it's, we're going to die. <laughs> we're yeah, going to die. Yeah. So everything's fine. It's horrible when people say nasty things, but it's also like, 
we're, I'm going to die. I always want to be to him, like, don't worry, I'm going to die. <laughs> one day. I can't believe before you, I'm bound to have something. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just... I, I hear that. When I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, I was a Jehovah's Witness, they tell you you're going to live forever on earth and right. Armageddon's going to come and you're going to live forever on earth. And the day I realised I was going to die, and I remember it so clearly where I was, everything about it, I was like, oh God, I better start living. And I can always tell when people know they're going to die. I, mm. Like, sometimes it's that they've... You know, they've had an accident or something, and they've their lives flashed before their eyes, or they've, mm. you know, they've had um, an illness, and I can always tell when they're like, I've got to do something, I've got to be something, I've got to feel something, I've got to connect with somebody, and it's it's a wonderful thing when you realise you're going to die, yeah. um, not to depress you. It sounds so grim, but it's so nice. It's so it's great so to to go. Okay, if we've got limited time, what are we going to do? If you, let's all worry. say it together. <laughs> We're all We're gonna, gonna die, die. <laughs> but right not now. now. But, but not today. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Let's get back to cum diamonds. I like that. I'm always scared if I like. I'm scared that um, the idea of being alive in the future is like what's motivating me to do things. And so if I'm just like, hey, we're all gonna die. Like, what if I just chill? Like, do you know, what if I chilled too much? Do you know what I mean? So uh, my fear is that if I'm like, oh, life is short, we're going to die, I'm not going to be like, let's go make shit happen. I'm going to be like, then why the fuck are we hustling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that we need a certain amount of chill and a certain amount of hustle, but I, I am really, um, I'm certainly loving the hustle you're doing at the moment. I feel like you're, you're bringing joy and you're bringing accessibility mm. and you're bringing great comedy and great singing and you're doing that... You know, as a trans woman who is, shall I say trans woman, trans person? Shall I say trans? I'm a trans, trans woman. I'll believe. Okay. I'll, I'll believe whatever you say. <laughs> you're, so, you're so nice and good at this. I'll believe what you say. I think I'm a trans woman. Okay. As I'm, I just wanted no. to check because you said trans person. I thought I might be saying the wrong thing. Oh, okay. No, okay. That's very sweet. I'll, though, I'll pick ask. it up. I'll say it again. Um, and as you're you're doing that um, as a trans person, and that is in itself a great act of both joy and defiance in this in this world. That's. Uh, Thank you very much. It, it's, this world is in itself. Uh, doesn't the world doesn't know itself? Um, mm. that so for the person with the dyed hair, little applause came out. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Sorry to interrupt. Thank no, you. No, so much. no, no, no. Um, feel free to uh, applaud or don't. Or don't. Um, or yeah. Don't. <laughs> That's, now, uh, Jordan, when's your next run? By the time this comes out, actually, I suppose it might have been announced that we're likely to do it towards Christmas time. Maybe to towards Exciting. Christmas. Yeah. So if you want to see it in London, come and see it this Friday night at the Palladium. Yeah. And then it'll be around the country and probably somewhere near London uh, in the later this year, early next year. What's your website? You could follow me across social media at Tall Dark Friend. Don't ask me what it means. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the like, and we'll just we'll be on there, won't it? Tall at Tall Dark at Tall friend. Dark Friend. Yeah. And uh, do you have a website with all your dates on or no? No. Okay. <laughs> Don't find Tall Dark Friend's website. Go to her, her socials and uh, you will find her dates there. Uh, Kima Bob, is there anything you'd like to plug? Please listen to the Films of Colour Comedy Club podcast, which is available anywhere you listen. That, and uh, come to the live shows as well. Um, also, on the 3rd of December, we are doing a big show on the South Bank. It's called really? The Guilty Feminist Presents Campus Christmas. Yes. And all the proceeds are for the Say It Loud Club, which is run for and by LGBTQ plus refugees who are fleeing homophobic oppression. And they're now in London uh, or the UK somewhere. Sorry, there are other places. Other places are available. Um, sorry, they're not all in London. Um, you know there are places that are not London. This has really gone horribly wrong. Um, everyone on the bill is LGBTQ+. Um, it is going to be a great, great night. Tom, Anne and I are co-hosting. We were doing it last Christmas, but then COVID, uh, it got COVID. Uh, and we all remember last Christmas, suddenly there was this horrible second COVID outbreak. So it became campus springtime. But it was not just about the night. It wasn't just about the money. Amazing things happened. Like a lawyer came out of the audience and said, because um, most of the audience were LGBTQ+, as you can imagine, with the bill that we had. And she came out and said, I work for a big law firm, but we have an immigration department and I'm going to uh, organise for some pro bono legal work for the Say It Loud Club because queer refugees are often asked at the Home Office, like, prove how you don't look like a lesbian. You know, like, 
What does a lesbian look like? So the Say It Loud people will be on the bill. Kima Bob will be on the bill. Jordan will be on the bill if she wants to. Um, I haven't asked her yet, but I'm asking her now. I don't know if you're free. December 3rd. Sounds great. Um, Sounds great. It's going to be really great. It's at the Queen Elizabeth Hall South Bank Centre. Get tickets now because all the tickets will go. Um, I think there'll also be some kind of big fancy musician there as well. Um, so get tickets now or don't get tickets. <laughs> but also if you could go through your WhatsApps and like invite lots of fun people who might like a big LGBTQ plus event, that would be really great. I think I might try and get uh, the, some Block 13 people beamed in, not for a long conversation like that because it's a huge venue, but like beamed in to say hi to and we'll try and raise some money for them on the night. We might try and auction something off. If anyone's got anything they can auction off. My virginity. <laughs> Is that a genuine lot? We will have to find it. <laughs> Is it... I will need a certificate of authenticity. It's somewhere. Yeah. I don't have it on me. <laughs> Jordan, can we auction off your keyboard? Oh, I mean, that might detract from my future career. As yeah. a, what about that suit? You could have my pink suit. <gasps> <if you want. laughs> can we have the pink Channel 4 suit, really? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a complicated mechanism. I don't know if anyone could really put it on. Oh, so that, that you rip it off like that? It's magic. It's made by, literally, I'm not joking. It's made by a magician from the magician circle. But so it might be magic. Which might means... you not want to use that again, though? No. Like, you won't? Okay, we'll, we'll auction that do you off. Do do that? Yeah, yeah, All right, absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Oh. Um, we will be auctioning off, because we didn't get to auction off at last time, Dinner for Four with Rob Rinder, and uh, he'll take you out. And also, Andrew Scott uh, is making someone a video, like a little, like a cameo, because he's not on cameo. Um, so we've got, we'll have some good things to auction off as well. It's going to be a really fun night. Thank you so much for coming out. You've been really wonderful. Thank you. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, because Tom can you cut that out so <laughs> seriously and cut it out don't just go oh that's funny I'll keep it in actually cut it out I remember when I was a little girl we had people for dinner and I never paid for any of it The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast find it wherever you get your podcasts Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.